Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. In this week's episode of The Kindness Project, we talk about bad weather, Amazon Prime, we have part three of our interview with Emma McNally from Archive Your Greatness. Welcome one and all to another episode of The Kindness Project. I'm joined today by a man who uh, is not alone, though he may appear to be on my screen. Uh, it's Chris James. Raz, producer Raz is sitting behind me, um, but even though he normally gets involved in the uh, in the in the podcast recordings, he's got another job today, Charlotte, because we're doing all of our uh, business content for the first three months of 2023 so right. i've got a um yeah so so i uh russ is setting all that up while we record a quick podcast yeah it's weird like i know it used to be just me and you but like it was me and you for years wasn't it Russ got involved but yeah it's uh it's weird going back to just me and you again right yeah, and it's weird going back to me and you, and it's not, not, ugh, my chin is shaking, it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cold, your chin is shaking. Is, is that what you're telling me? <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but yeah, it's weird to going back to me and you, we're not even in the same room. I know, I know, it's really yeah. strange. Um, and as you say, it's very cold. Um, now, I... In in uh, just on the London Essex borders today, it's minus two, and I thought that was pretty cold. But you said that it's a little bit colder where you are in Glasgow at the minute. Minus seven, um, and we haven't right. had we haven't had higher than minus four in several days. Have you had snow? We had snow and then it just melted. <laughs> All right, okay. But it's frosty. I'm trying not to open my curtains because it gets colder when the curtains are open. <laughs> so, unofficial question in the podcast, listeners, what's the weather like where you are? I mean, we'd love to hear from you uh, about how um, freezing or tropical it is. Uh, clearly, we're not going to read out tropical ones because that would just make us feel bad. So, uh, you uh, you feel free to send them in. We just won't read them out. Um, in, in other news, I think I might change my mind. I watched a movie that night with Nicolas Cage <laughs> playing Nicolas Cage. And uh, despite it being absolute nonsense, it was quite is that, good. Is this, is this another picture I sent you? <laughs> well, uh, I mean, the fact that you sent me a picture of um, topless Nicolas Cage... Did you even read the caption? Um, well, what you'd put is nipple this cage. Um, uh, so I did read the caption, but it wasn't about that. It was about this movie. It's called, I can't even remember the name of it now. It's called The Extential Great is of some, somewhere over. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Talent or something along those yeah, lines? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, the unbearable weight of amazing talent or something <laughs> like that but just a Nicolas Cage movie where Nicolas Cage plays himself it'll probably come up yeah exactly Nicolas Cage plays Nicolas Cage it'll come up it's on Amazon Prime at the minute if you're in the UK so you can uh, you can watch it free because I wouldn't have paid for it but <laughs> it was it was pretty good right so Nicolas Cage plays Nicolas Cage and 
he um, he effectively plays him as this guy who does too many movies and makes poor artistic choices <laughs> and and just carries on working but likes to work because like he just he just takes job after job after job but is also like in debt and you know stuff like that and has quite an extravagant lifestyle and all that all that stuff so um uh, i've got a feeling there are elements of the character nick cage in the film that are based on the real life nick cage um uh so do you reckon they had to consider who who they would cast as Nicolas Cage in the film? There's only one man who can play Nick Cage as badly as <laughs> it needs to be played, and that's Nick Cage, isn't it? Clearly. <laughs> so, Nick Cage gets off of the job, and he needs the money, okay? And the job is to go to the birthday party for a million dollars, to go for the birthday party and he owes 600 grand to this hotel that he's been staying in a million dollars uh to go to this birthday party and this turns out i'm not giving anything away because this is all in the trailer it turns out the uh that it, it's somebody who they think is a bit of a dodgy character um nick cage becomes friends with this particularly uh dodgy character or what they think is a dodgy character and that's the plot of it it's the adventures of nick cage and this mafia kingpin um uh and then it got as as a few twists and turns and and turns from a buddy movie to an action movie and uh is all is all is all very meta i've only seen one clip of it and it's the clip where they watch Paddington 2 together. <laughs> oh, yes. And and this is why it's quite sweet, right? So there, there's bits of it where you go, this is absolute madness. Um, but there's also bits that, that are... Um, yeah, are, are quite good quite good fun. But, yeah, it, 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 it's... I, I'd give it a 6 to 7 out of 10. Definitely worth a watch. Um, uh, and particularly on a sort of Monday night when you've got nothing better to do, definitely worth watching. The good news is, you know that cushion you were going to buy me with Nick Cage's face on, covered in sequins? <laughs> yeah. It's got that in. What, the one where he's, like, his top half naked is coming out of a banana? What? <laughs> That's the one I was going to get you. No, not that one. It's just his face on a cushion. But then the other side of the cushion is one of those cushions that like, has two images on. Yeah, it's covered in sequins. So it's one of them. Um, because the guy who plays the um, crime lord is the biggest Nick Cage fan in the world. And he's got loads of Nick Cage memorabilia, including <laughs> one of those cushions. There's loads of those kicking about. Yeah, and I, but what he has got is a, uh, is a little den full of Nick Cage stuff. I'm definitely not going that far, all right? Um, if you had, and again, unofficial question of the podcast for the listeners, if you had a den that contained um, the stuff from a particular show, uh, but w was bordering on the obsessive because you had too much of this stuff, who would that be for you? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, you mentioned he's got a room full of Nick Cage stuff, and I'm just thinking about the second Nativity movie where Mr. Poppy opens his cupboard and it's just my room. It's just who? 
Um, David Tennant. No, no, no. Uh, um, Martin Martin Freeman. Yeah, it's just his face yeah. all over, like fairy lights and. Well, so who would yours be if you had to pick one? If you had to have a room in your house dedicated to one other person, who would it be? I don't know. I don't know. Have a guess. Have a guess. <laughs> okay. Um. What am I guessing? Who yours would be? I haven't decided whose mine's going to be. Yeah, yet, exactly. It's difficult to be like. I reckon. I reckon it's going to be Brendan Lee Mulligan. Your one. Brendan. Yeah, Brendan. You'd have. You'd have That's a room dedicated to your favourite D and D dungeon master. I reckon. <laughs> that that would happen. How about mine? I don't know. I I reckon Mum's would be Idris Elba. <laughs> <laughs> that would be weird, wouldn't it? If I had to walk into the spare bedroom and suddenly, uh, suddenly it's a shrine dedicated to yourself. You know, you know what? You know, Raz isn't involved in the podcast today because he didn't. He, he, he's waiting to get the okay. stuff done. To be fair, Raz's would just be a room full of ninja products. Yes. <laughs> It it just have a second kitchen in his spare bedroom, yeah. um, full of um, air fryers and food <laughs> blenders and stuff like and... that. Yeah, exactly. That that that's not a person, uh, a brand of uh, yeah. food stuff. So yeah, that that makes perfect sense to me. Um, uh, so yeah, so I I I might I might be warming up to Nick Cage, and what we need, Charlotte is a Nick Cage mug, don't we? So you can do Mug of the Week. Is there a Nick Cage mug available? Let me have a look. Because that might be your Christmas present. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Etsy and Redbubble are wonderful places, although I'll never buy anything off Redbubble because it's egregiously expensive, but it's like... You know. How are we defining egregiously? Oh, it just <laughs> I need to get one of these. Have you seen the pillow I sent you? Um I just found one and it's a picture of Nicolas Cage on a mug. Um and he's wearing a little flower crown and he's got some flowers around him. Perfect. That's your Christmas story. And it just says you're my national treasure. Perfect. <laughs> that is that is what you're getting for Christmas from me. Hey, you're my a Nick Cage mark saying you're my national treasure. Um, what, what, um, the other thing, so mug of the week, we wait for more, more mugs to come in. So, yeah. um, please, please if you've got a mug of a particular brand or business, um, that you'd like us to promote on the podcast and on Charlotte's new Instagram account, mugoftheweek.com. Um, uh, not .com, mug, just Charlotte's Mug of the Week. Uh, please do uh, let us know. We're able to promote it. What articles have we got coming up on charlottedames.com? Um, what are you going to be writing about next? I haven't decided. I usually do this thing where I just, like, um, I take a wander and whatever strikes me, inspires me. Um, and you haven't decided what this week's one's going to be yet? No. I reckon it should be about the cold. Cold temperatures and how people survive in them. Well, some people don't. <laughs> Here's the problem. I'm, I'm glad you're taking that optimistic, Ben. <laughs> right. Okay, Optimism, right. more like realism. Oh, yeah, got it. 
Right, so let's move on to the next part of the show, which is... Kind of smooth. And we've got two people from that we want to showcase from the happy list. One of them is Lola Idris de Bayo. Uh, Idris, again, Idris might be a recurring theme in this particular episode of the podcast. This isn't Idris Elba, this is uh, Lola Idris de Bayo. London Alola founded the Lola Foundation 15 years ago to provide frontline support to vulnerable people across the city. Lola originally from Nigeria, experienced homelessness when first moved to the UK 30 years ago and decided to support others in a similar position. Twice a month, the foundation hosts food donation points, providing London for hundreds of people, including low-provided, Finding food for hundreds of people, including Lola's home-cooked Nigerian meals. Lola has also expanded the foundation to Nigeria, where four times a year it provides humanitarian assistance for some of the, the most vulnerable people in Lagos. I'm passionate about take, taking care of people, she says. I know what it is to be vulnerable. I want to use this platform to call on everybody that cares about humanity to support us so we can continue to feed and support these people. We are the change that is needed. And I think the interesting thing about that is, for me, is going through that that experience and that period of adversity, I think informs your perspective on life doesn't it because mm-hmm. if you've if you've gone through tough times but come out the other end you probably want to do a bit of good in the world what do you think yeah i definitely think like our uh, our previous experiences can have an effect on sort of the way we think and the way we want to affect the world around us as well in what way i mean because like if you've been through something it can sort of like be sort of hard when you see others going through it because you know how difficult that is and you just want to help them because you know and it sounds like Lola's doing amazing work to, to help support people uh, the other person I want to showcase today is a gentleman called Gerard John I've probably butchered his name sorry sorry Gerard um, it might be Gerard um, after five month charity cycle ride around the UK last year. Geraint was horrified by the amount of beach litter he saw. The 51-year-old from Maersteg in Bridgend has since embarked on a 700-mile clean-up of Wales. I tell you what, this Geraint, or Geraint, don't, doesn't do things by half, does he? He's doing a, a bike ride by the, uh, around the UK and then he thought, right, I'm going to... That's not enough. I'm going to do more. The 51-year-old from Mastegg in Bridgend has since embarked on a 700-mile clean-up of Wales's coastline, single-handedly clearing tonnes of litter from beaches and inspiring others to join him in tackling plastic pollution. Gerard, who started his mammoth journey in the Mumble Swansea on the 13th of May, is also fundraising through this challenge by a boat that will enable him to visit more inaccessible coastal areas, Coletta. So great work from Lola and Durant there. Well done on that amazing stuff. Um, we've got part three of the episode with Emma McAnally. 
coming up. Uh, Emma uh, is from an organisation called Achieve Your Greatness. And what she's going to be talking about is using NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, to think differently about the world and uh, achieve what you want in life. Um, and if you can do that, you can be a little bit kinder to yourself. Let's listen to the interview. This is my story. So every year, every year, my dad now is 73. Uh, and every year for the past probably about 10, 15 years, I have a, I have a weekend or a long weekend away with my dad, like just to create memories and just uh, yeah. just spend time with my dad. And we've just been more conscious, you know, as he's got older and, you know, we've, we've got older. Uh, we did that, um, and the last holiday, uh, the last holiday we had was pre-pandemic. We went away this year, but it was in the UK. But pre-pandemic, we went to Gibraltar. Okay. So I, I, I'm responsible for booking all of the uh, booking all of the sort of travel and stuff like that. I booked this hotel, Emma Hotel yeah. Gibraltar. Very nice. Flew into uh, flew into Gibraltar Airport. Yep. Got in a taxi outside Gibraltar Airport. Said, "Look, this is the address," and um, uh, the guy said, "I can't take there." I was like, well, "That's strange." Okay, okay, why can't you take there? She went. He went. The hotel Gibraltar isn't in Gibraltar. No, it's in Spain. <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally, it's like. So have you been to Gibraltar? Have you been to Gibraltar? <laughs> Right, so the, the border is is literally just by the airport, isn't it? It is. Um, so I, I've literally I've said to my dad like I'm really sorry. I, I should like I should have checked whether it was in a different country or not. <laughs> so I just drag him over the border, and it was about like literally ten minutes walk into Spain. I thought, right, my dad's in his seventies. We'll get a taxi. Yep. And um, uh, uh, we realized that we didn't have any euros because of clearly course. we thought we were going to stay and therefore we'd have pounds right so so i had to drag my 74 year old dad 73 year old dad down the road to this hotel <laughs> he wasn't happy clearly no. um <laughs> uh, but thankfully in the morning it, it was a it was a bit it was a bit better and i did say well uh, look if we're going into Gibraltar, at least we're getting international travel every Absolutely. single day. Um, Absolutely. Uh, so, so, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so it, it was just one of those experiences where you go. At the time, it feels like feels like the worst mistake in the world. I mean, like sort of, there's not much bigger than booking a hotel in the wrong country, is there? But like, just, just, just. Yeah. admitting that you got it wrong, going, yeah. actually, it's not the end of the world, it's we'll still world. cope with it. What is, can we do about it? Fine. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and my experience professionally is, uh, and again, I've had, I've an experience quite recently where um, uh, being proactive about things that go wrong and then just taking action to yeah. fix it is always better, isn't it? Yes, it is. Absolutely. It is. And so I, as we're in a sharing mood, talk to me about the mistake that you've made, that you've rectified. <laughs> so many. <laughs> <laughs> so many mistakes. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, I've made, I've made quite a few mistakes in my life, I have to say. Um, an interesting one rather than a boring one. Um I'm going to nick one, first of all, from somebody else of how, so right. that you can see how actually mistakes can be really useful. Have you ever heard the story about the post-it note company? 
because that was no. to set up prisoners. So they were wanting to invent or make glue. Okay. So the whole idea of what they were trying to do was to make glue. Um, now, if you've ever used a post-it note, one of the things that it's not great at is sticking. Yeah. And I loved how rather than going, well, that's a massive failure. Yeah. What they did instead was go, well, that's interesting. What could we use it for? And that's when they created post-it notes. Yeah. So they innovate the idea with, exactly. with just looking at something else. So just been looking at it as a failure, rather than it being a failure, it's actually maybe it's an opportunity for doing something in a in a different way. Interesting. So, yeah, I, I really like that concept. So I haven't got an exciting story as you, I'm afraid, but many, many failures, such as, yeah, being able to ride a bike, you know, all sorts of things that, yeah, Technology just the weekend was an interesting one. It was like we had speakers and microphones and it didn't quite go to plan, but being no. really creative. One of the biggest uh, failures, probably lack of prep, I was going to, it was a big car manufacturing company locally. And I was there doing a, a lunch and learn. And I turned up and I hadn't realized that they wanted to have a lapel mic with a battery pack and I was wearing a dress. Right. Say no more. That doesn't work particularly well. <laughs> doesn't doesn't work where, particularly do you, well. where do you put the battery back? You know, it's just, exactly. yeah, it just doesn't work. So many, many little ones, big ones, all sorts of things. But I think, to be honest, to be able to learn from it, to be able to laugh from it, to be able to go, actually, it doesn't really matter in the big scheme of things. Zoom out, right? Zoom yeah, out. Yeah, this astronaut yeah, yeah. view. I went to see the Gaia at the, the cathedral, you know, the Gaia that's travelling around. Um, and that's all about taking the astronaut's view of the world and seeing the yeah. world from a different perspective. Actually, yeah, all these out. things sh sort of shrink into insignificance. So what that I, you know, made lemon chicken that was so disgusting that my husband wouldn't eat it and we had to make it into a tandoori. So what? you know yeah, so what that yeah. it doesn't really matter we i mean it's funny i mean like that that question are we gonna are we gonna worry about this in 30 yeah, years time yeah, it's just yeah, uh it's yeah. just a great one isn't it yeah, so one one of the things emma that um one of the things that you mentioned um on your website when i was doing the research for this interview is um anxiety and using NLP tools to tackle issues of worry and anxiety. Can you just share one of those tools that, that yeah. is useful for dealing with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so um, one of the things that you do with anxiety, there's, again, a real belief system that sits behind it. So there'll be... So one of the things as well is whether you're an optimist or a pessimist, that can link into it as well. So whether you, you're a glass half full or half empty, that can have an impact. And anxiety is around, basically, it's about thinking about the future and projecting something less than helpful. Yeah. so one of the things you could do is reframe so look at it in a different way and rather than oh maybe it's going to be awful or maybe it's going to be good and looking at the a more positive view if I just share briefly what happens if you're an optimist or a pessimist going through life yeah which will give you a bit of what I'm talking about so um, imagine that two people had exactly the same life events happen one was optimistic so when they were having a high and amazing time they thoroughly enjoyed it stayed there longer when life's like 
less than easy things happen um they're in the troughs of life they're they're less time because they go it won't last it's okay we'll get through this yeah and then they're up high and they're higher for longer so this is the pattern they have if you're a pessimist what happens is when they're at the peak and having a great time they're worried they're about thinking, what's next yeah it's not going to last and then they spend less time at the peaks and more times in the troughs so being able to shift our thinking and going okay let's look at it in a different way yeah um that can be really really helpful the other so this thing is really this is really this is really interesting so i i consider myself a 100 percent natural optimist right yeah um uh, and i'm certainly sort of glass up full life's going to be good and thankfully it's like sort of all heading in the right direction but is there an argument for pessimism because when i look at look at my approach to life business whatever i can sometimes be a bit rose-tinted and therefore therefore not you know not factoring it in some of the things that go wrong probably as much as I should. So, like, is there? I've, I've had to train myself to be a natural optimist, but a bit more of a professional pessimist, if that makes yes. sense. Make, yeah. make sure we're aware of the risks, but not driven by them. So, how do you how do you make sure that you're being optimistic about the future, but also potentially looking at some of those risks in a sensible way, so that you're aware yeah. of them? So we've got a beautiful tool that we use in NLP. It's called the Disney Creativity Strategy. It was modelled from Walt Disney. And basically what that is, is you step into that optimistic, creative um, dreamer state, but then you move into the pragmatist. So what do I need to do? What plans do I need? How do I need to work this through? So rather than going, oh, like going on holiday, it'll be fine. We'll find something when we're there. It'll be great. It'll be amazing. Yeah, having the plan in place to make sure it happens. And then you go to the critic space. So the, 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 um, I guess it's the the challenge, the the critical friend. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? How do we mitigate it? And you know what? If you find that any of those are less than easy, work with other people. You can obviously learn how to do it yourself, but actually we were talking earlier, weren't we, about our strengths. If you're the ideas person, then great, have somebody who's going to put the plans in place and then come back to you and say, okay, so how do we work around this? How do we manage that? So I think there is a, a, a balance. In general, to have an optimistic view can, from a mind point of view, from a mental health point of view, is really helpful. And to be able to plan for those things that so that you've got those plans in place so sometimes anxiety happens because we feel out of control so it's that control thing again by being able to have plans in place that can help you feel more in control and what you can also do is create something called a resource anchor so that you can feel grounded feel safe um you know we talked about the positive intentions so creating being able to choose our response rather than um, being triggered by events. Does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, sure. Completely get that. And I know, I know one of the things you mentioned earlier was um, imposter syndrome yeah. and the prevalence of imposter yeah. syndrome regards what you do. Yeah. Just for our listeners, share a tool that might help somebody sort yeah. of uh, manage that. 
Yeah, again, I mean, imposter syndrome is based on beliefs. So a lot of this stuff comes back to beliefs um, and what we believe about ourselves. Um, and to be able to learn what we do in NLP is we go back, um, we do some stuff on terms of timeline, go back to the very first time that we decided what that belief was um, and then learn from it. Because our, we've got conscious mind, which is our thinking. Um, we think that our brain is the, the bit that's in control. However, that's only a small part. Okay, so you've got the thinking brain, but then you've got your unconscious mind. And your unconscious mind runs the blueprint of your health. It has a storehouse of your wisdom, your memories, and the resources sit within that. And what happens is your unconscious mind, if there's a limiting belief, will carry on running that pattern because we haven't learned what we need to learn for it to feel safe to let it go. So what we do in NLP yeah. is go back to the very first time, learn what we need to learn. Because some of these beliefs we've downloaded from when we were kids. Yeah. Um, worked with somebody recently. She um had this, was really, really nervous in terms of public speaking. Turned out that when she was in assembly, when she was about eight, she forgot her lines. And from that moment, she believed that she was awful at public speaking. Well, actually, she was a kid, right? So going back and being yeah. able to learn what she needed to learn, to let that go. But so one event doesn't fun. define it, does it? That's it doesn't. the thing, but it can do for a lot of people. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, beliefs can enough. be created through either repetition. So, you know, we talked about, you know, the, the neuroplasticity. Well, that's over time. It's called classic conditioning. Over time, we create that path. But also a significant emotional event. So one event could create it. Um, but it doesn't have to mean that that's your future because you in using neuroplasticity and neuroscience, we can go back, we can change that belief, we can learn what we need to learn so that our unconscious mind can let it go and move forward with a new belief. Does that make sense? So that you can then have that Perfect. resource. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so we've come to the end of the interview, but I'm really keen on making sure that we talk about a bit about your book uh, and a bit about where people can find you. So tell me about where people can get access to the book, but also where people can find out about uh, uh, Achieve Your Greatness. Achieve Your Greatness. Yep. So um, website, it's achieveyourgreatness, all one word, .co.uk. So on there, we've got information about tasters. So you can come on a two-hour taster on Zoom so that you can learn a little bit more. I teach you a couple of great tools that you can go away with immediately to use to help to change how you you're feeling about things and one around communication so how to have better relationships um so the book is called who's flying your plane how to master the controls of your life you can get that via amazon and your normal bookstores so yeah but there'll be a link on the website to that as well so that you can and we'll, we'll make sure that when this goes out on the Kindness Project's uh, website that's on the show notes so you'll be able yeah. to find that link Thank as you. well yes yes absolutely you're welcome Thank you so well, much. Thank you so much for joining us on the Kindness Project today. Have a lovely day and thank we'll you. speak to you soon. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thank you. So that's part three of Emma. Um, that was good, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and uh, what Thanks I'd like then. to do to end the show, I mean, do you want to do it? You don't want to do a joke this week, do you? <laughs> What was that <laughs> random noise that sounds like it came out of Stranger Things? I do oh. want to do a joke. I do oh. want to do a joke. Oh, you, you talk about your book first and then... I will. Um, so the Kindness Project book is out now. Uh, we're 
we've got a book launch coming up uh, that's going to be in DB's Darkest Essex. If you're around the area, we'd love for you to come. Uh, look out on all of the socials all of the time for details of that when it comes out. Um, but you can get it on Amazon and on the publisher's website now. So uh, we'll put the links in the show notes. Um, but check out Chris Dames on LinkedIn or on Twitter, and you'll be able to get all of the information there. Are you ready for the joke of the week? Go on. What happened when two guys stole a calendar? What happened when two guys stole a calendar? They each got six months. <laughs> Not that, no. <laughs> that is thankfully the end of another podcast. <laughs> Have a lovely day and we'll see you on the Kindness Project soon. Bye. Bye.